This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. On these Thursdays, we talk with the voice of the Golden Gophers, uh, Mike Grimm. He's at Big Ten Media Days uh, this week down there in Indianapolis. Uh, Grimmer, thanks for joining us. And uh, while you've been on the scene there for a couple of days, oftentimes it seems like these media days are, you know, they highlight programs, maybe some uh, new teams coming into the conference. There are some thorny questions being fired at coaches this year. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, stuff going on, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, first of all, there's four new coaches in the Big Ten West, so that's always a topic. Um, and and really, five new coaches when you count now Northwestern having a new coach because you got Wisconsin and uh, Purdue and Nebraska with the new coach. I should say there's four counting Northwestern now, and um, you know it. Uh, and so Northwestern's interim head coach, who was at North Dakota State as a defensive coordinator last year, all of a sudden is now a head coach in the Big Ten. Uh, he went from NDSU to Northwestern to be a defensive coordinator and um, because he was one of the few guys on staff that had not been around um, he you know that amongst other reasons he got elevated uh, Jim Harbaugh spoke today and of course he has a four game uh, suspension looming because of some recruiting violations and some stuff that happened back during COVID that they're just now uh, catching up on, uh, where they, they did some practice stuff in person that they were not supposed to do. And then, of course, P.J. Fleck is, uh, has, was under fire because of this article that came out yesterday, and he was pretty much the most on the on on the offense with this, I thought, today in, in answering, because this has been uh, kind of a similar theme. Uh, it's the same person kind of pushing this story to different media outlets, and um, it's about the third different version of this that we've heard with the same few former players and on down the line. And um, so PJ was pretty on the, uh, on the offensive today, basically citing uh, that, that it's a former university of Minnesota employee who's bitter and has been pushing this, this narrative with, uh, with a handful of kids that uh, he either kicked off or quit the team. And, um, and so that's, that's basically what, uh, what that was about. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, we. There hasn't been a lot of actual like, hey, who might win the West or <laughs> right. the East uh, so far. Unfortunately, because those are the fun type of questions to ask and find out about the teams and who could be, you know, emerge as players of the year and all Big Ten selections and things like that. Instead, it's a lot of the political stuff. Or you know, it's it, it's unsafe. You know, any football program is going to have detractors. Every program has guys that transfer out because they weren't happy. So if you go and talk to those guys. They're probably going to have something say, to say about the program that won't paint it in a uh, a favorable light. It's not uncommon just to the U. Yeah, and and now we're at this kind of gotcha journalism stage. Yeah. Like like, look, I, I I'm not trying to get on a high horse because uh, you know no coach is perfect. I I've been around the program enough, though. I, I I think I can speak about. Look, some of that stuff in that article yesterday just was not true. I mean, there there was some stuff that just factually was incorrect, and then there was some speculative stuff that I would question whether it was true. Mm-hmm. I have no idea one way or the other. I was not inside those doors when when stuff happened, but I I, I really am skeptical. And like you say, if there's somebody that's disgruntled, that look, you get kicked off a team, you're probably not going to like that coach, you yeah. know. Um, and and so you're right. And and in PJ's case, I do think. Um, because he has a unique way about him, um, 
I think some of these media outlets might look at it like, oh, man, every fan base in the country is going to say, oh, there's a big shocker. That guy's a weirdo, and, mm-hmm. and look what's happening. And they know that it's going to be good for ratings or clicks or whatever. And, look, there's – you know, he, PJ and I talked about this today. Uh, we, we taped the coaches' show uh, which will air tonight because of the scheduling. Uh, you know, this thing gets done like at four o'clock, so no one's going to wait around till seven. So right. that thing is is sitting there waiting. Hopefully, people listen tonight at seven o'clock. Um, but we talked about it, and and you know, I, I, I flat out asked him, like, look, you 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 coach a hundred and five guys every year. Um, you've been here now. This is your seventh year. So uh, obviously, there's there's carryover spot to spot. But that, in essence, is you know almost eight hundred spots. Um, and, and no one's going 800 for 800. They just aren't, you know? And so, um, you know, is anybody perfect? Of course not. PJ is so unique that some of the stuff probably brings scrutiny. I got a little bit of a kick out of that thing yesterday where, uh, one of the former players was upset that, uh, I had to, I had to memorize acronyms and slogans. And I'm like, if you did not think you had to do that, uh, through the recruiting process, like, like, like there's, there's no way you could have studied, uh, and decided you're going to go to Minnesota and not anticipated that that was going to be part of it because yeah. that is exactly what the program's about. And so how is that PJ's fault, right? And, you know, there's some other stuff in there that's a, that's a little bizarre, and we, we've seen it. I'm worn out by it, quite frankly. It just yeah. it, it just is this, the same, you know, the same guy and the same few people trying to push it. And, and, again, I'm not trying to say it's perfect. Could every coach do better? Of course. Um, but there is, I think, this mentality a little bit of this, I got you, journalism by – you know, uh, I mean, how many guys he quoted one former player? Did he cut, talk to 20 and yeah. only one said positive things, or did he talk to one and just decided to throw that into in the in the idea that uh, see now I'm being fair? And I, and I thought <laughs> that even the article was written with a with a with a hard slant. I mean, yeah. there was no question there was agenda to that article that wouldn't fall under what I would say is is true journalism, but that. That's a, a little bit of a lost art anyway. Yeah, it kind of is. And and this was, you know, some anonymous website I had never heard of before. But but you said that this is the same guy he's been peddling this for a few years. So clearly he's not getting the audience he thinks it should. Yeah, well, and, and he's, he's I think he is going to keep doing it until, uh, you know, his goal, I think, would be to see a coaching change at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, uh, he just feels that. Um, Channel 4 in Minneapolis did a story on this a year or so ago, uh, um, and I think somebody else did it, and, and, and it's just not, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it just, you know, it's some disgruntled players. And like I said, it's not to suggest that I'm trying to poo-poo everything to say, oh, well, sure. you know, how, how could anyone possibly think it's negative? You, you, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Um, it, it, you know, it, and I think Nathan Bowe from Lakeville North, he tweeted out yesterday, um, is the culture hard? Absolutely. Is the culture toxic? Absolutely not. And I think that's the way I put it. Uh-huh. Like, let's not confuse hard and demanding uh, uh, with uh, with toxic. Yeah. Um, and and maybe for a handful, it did get toxic, and you got kicked off the team because you couldn't follow the rules or what have you. And and that's where it gets into a real gray area. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, there have been some cases around uh, where, yeah, that that's that you know that that's been no good. Not I don't I'm. A, I haven't seen it with PJ personally, mm-hmm. but I'm saying there's been, you know, the Northwestern case just yeah. most recently. Remember Mike Leach down at Texas Tech? He, you know, he was abusive of players. And Marlene Stallings, the former Gopher coach, also at Texas Tech, got fired for being too harsh with the players. So I, I, I do look, there's, there, there, there's legitimacy to some of these claims uh, around the country. So I see why people would potentially buy into this. 
Um, but, but PJ was pretty steadfast today in talking to him that he's pretty proud of the culture and they're not going to change a thing. That this is this is what you sign up for if you're going to be a golfer. That yeah. this, this uh, hard, uh, demanding, accountable kind of a kind of a culture. And yeah. and it's and, and and look, if people want to say it's weird or hokey, it is. Uh, PJ has admitted that as well. But it's it, you know that that's what. Well, PJ Flex, the head coach here, that's going to be about. Yeah. Hard, demanding, community involved. I mean, gosh, uh, you, you know, I, every year I go to the state fair and I see the Gophers out there as a team and they're meeting people and so forth. They do a lot of things out in the community and that's demanding of their time, but they know coming in, that's part of it. That's part of it. Uh, they, they, yeah, I mean, there's so much. I mean, you could just nitpick down through this, what, what this article is, and I hate to do it because it just gives the article validity. I, I've been around it, you know, around it close enough to know that that like I said that there's just some stuff that's just factually not right. Other stuff that I really, you know, if a player said that or experienced that, I doubt it. I think it's he's probably you know taking some liberties in how he wants to express it. And I think the writer absolutely took liberties in how he framed it. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah. Um. And and it is what it is. Yeah. You know that's that, that's where we're at. So Northwestern's much more uh, tangible because they did have guys come forward and say, and apparently not just at the football program. So uh, that's been a a culture there, unfortunately, of this uh, horrible hazing that's going on. Probably the Northwestern program, not the only one. So that was kind of a big topic too, wasn't it? Yeah, and and I you know I've never understood hazing. I really haven't. I you know it, I don't see it in any way as a team builder or a, a bonding or any kind of a ritual. Look, there there are some things that might be traditional, like uh, you know, and, and my low level athletic experience. I was a Division three baseball player, and um, if you were a freshman, you might have to uh, sing your fight song the first week of school at at, at the uh, cafeteria. Okay. I hate, you know, I didn't have to do it, luckily, but a couple of my teammates did. And I, I'm like, dang, I would hate that. Uh, I was, believe it or not, I was pretty shy back in the day. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and so I, I don't even think that was team building. That was pretty harmless. But, but I, I didn't think those guys felt great about being on the team, uh, you know, and there's still to this day, you know, freshmen carry the bags to the bus or, you know, freshmen carry the food over here. And I've, I've honestly never understood it. I think that's the opposite of, uh, you know, of, of bringing a team together. I think you're you're making these guys feel bad. And, and I'm not even saying that you shouldn't feel bad or you shouldn't, you know, look, the, the, the sport itself, the practice itself, we create enough challenges mentally and physically. You don't need to, you know, put in fake man-made uh, challenges. Uh, and, and and I think that's what the hazing part is. And I think the Northwestern deal, honestly, Todd, it was the sexual nature of it, just yeah. kind of how it read. Um, you, you know, any, you've been around locker rooms as yep. well. There's yep. some goofy stuff that goes on. There's no doubt. Uh, some of it very harmless. But when all of a sudden you're starting to talk about how the, how there was some graphic stuff there described, and if that was accurate, that 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 that's even worse. And then written out in Word where you read it, and you're like, holy cow. Wow. And yeah. so that becomes, to me, that becomes a whole different thing for sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, all right, let's talk uh, some good news. Uh, the Big Ten preseason honors list released yesterday, and a couple of Gophers on that. Tell us about them. Yeah, they were one of only two schools that had two guys on, so they picked five guys from uh, the West and five guys from the East and make them the Big Ten preseason honor list. Brevin Span Ford tied in from St. Cloud. And um, Tyler Newbin, safety from St. Charles, Illinois. Those are two of the three guys, by the way, who are here representing Minnesota. Ah. Uh, Chris Altman-Bell is the other. Um, those two guys were were two of the five guys on the West team. Michigan had two guys on the East. 
And it's why it, my stance has been I, I think Minnesota potentially could be the best team in the West. And I think we, we might have even talked about this last week or the week before. However, because of the scheduling difference in the crossover games, um, it's likely that they will not win the West, in my opinion, just because of um, you've got Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, Iowa does not. Um, and so that's a two-game gap Minnesota will have to make up. And they're going to have to play at Iowa, a place they haven't won since 1999. So those yeah. those things going against them. you got two guys on the honor squad. you got a bunch of guys ready to step in. You've got what a lot of people think is a really talented quarterback. So I think there's real good reason to be optimistic. But I think the scheduling and that crossover stuff is is going to make it hard. And, and it's not a complaint in any way because Minnesota had the soft schedule last year and blew a chance to win it. And, and that, that still sticks with uh, Gopher fans. It sticks with me, I can tell you that. They they had it there for the taking. No Michigan, no Ohio State. They were in first place in you know, mid-October and um, and couldn't take advantage of that. Um, had Iowa beat and couldn't, couldn't close that deal. And so there were some frustrating parts of that. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, poor Minnesota this year plays those two. Um, it, it's, a, it's a rotational thing, and this is a year that Minnesota, I think, is going to have a really good team, but they're going to have a really hard time winning the division because of the schedule. Who's the most entertaining speaker of the head coaches when you go there? Who, who kind of makes people laugh and, and is enjoyable to, to watch up on the dais? Yeah, these things have gotten uh, – I'm, I'm trying to phrase this politically. They're, they're pretty stale, quite frankly. Ah. Um, they, they, um, they, when I first started coming to these, uh, well, heck, I guess 2006, mm-hmm. 2007 – um, and that was back when it was an 11-team league, and there were some characters, Joe Tiller, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, Joe Paterno, um, trying to think who else back then. Uh, Rich Rodriguez was, was all, uh, to me, probably my favorite guy of all time. And, that t- and at that time, they used to have the, there was a big luncheon, the Big Ten football kickoff luncheon in Chicago. A lot thousand people would show up for that, and these coaches would each get um, a chance, and then they would roast each other, and that was really <laughs> great. I loved the lunch. Um, and and they used to, and then they changed the structure when it went to 14 teams and it was more of a Q and A with the coaches and so it was hard to keep it fresh. I yeah. mean, Joe Paterno one time, Todd one time Joe Paterno is um, is is basically out loud, you know. And Joe, uh, you know, he he, he was kind of at the the stage of the cute old man stage, <laughs> and he, he was openly talking about how hot Rich Rodriguez's wife was at this luncheon. It was unbelievable <laughs> to hear this old guy up there, and he's going, "Hi, hi, Rich Rodriguez gets to go home to that every day," and everyone's just like laughing. And um, and I don't, you know, how would that play in today's society? Uh, you know, yeah. who knows? But. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, it, it's gotten um, it, it, it's it's more it's more business like, and even the players yeah. back in the day. And I'm not trying to be the guy. Hey, you, you get off my front lawn. Right. Uh, they would set players up at tables, and you could go in and get little one on ones with guys from other schools. And now they still do that, but it's a podium, so I have to be cares. But you have to go in and plug into a malt box, and it's not great sound quality. And there's you know 15 or 20 reporters there, and so that you really it's not as intimate, and you can't get as many one on ones or kind of, you know, nobody's going to get scoops here, but you might have an offbeat story that's really cool that you might be the only guy to get. Well, now you're asking those questions to get that story, and there's 15 guys here. Well, now everyone has that story. So I I think, especially if I were a newspaper guy, it wouldn't be as as, uh, productive. But that's a lot. You get me talking. That's, yeah. a, that's a long answer to your question of who's the most entertaining. I, I'll be honest. It was pretty stale both yeah. days up yeah. at the uh, podium. I'll tell you this. You're more professional than I. But as soon as I would see Brett Bielema come up there to take questions, I'd have a hard time not booing him. 
You know, he just kind of engenders that <laughs> feeling out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially since he's never never lost to Minnesota. Hopefully the Gophers can change that this year. But while he was at Wisconsin and uh, now two for two at Illinois, uh, uh, that, I know that sticks in the craw of Gopher fans. So yes, hopefully this is the year. That's right. Uh, speaking of the year coming up, practices begin on Tuesday, I think it is, uh, for the Gophers. And then their first game in a month, and they don't really ease into the schedule. But as you just chronicled, it's a tough schedule uh, almost no matter who it is. And uh, they start out with Nebraska, so right into the Big Ten. So when will they start actually game planning for that game? In the last week or so? Yeah, I'd say the last 10 days probably. Mm -hmm. Normally their game week would be that normal seven-day prep, but I think because they play on a Thursday and it's the first game, I think they'll offer a little extra time. Uh, Certainly those first couple of weeks of, of, uh, of fall camp will be the the usual skill building, you know, fundamental stuff. And um, they do have, you know, different segments of, um, you know, uh, you know, keeping care of the ball and different tip drills and all that stuff. And then you go through the offense and the defense and everything. And uh, PJ said today uh, that, that, yes, the first full practice will be that Tuesday. But actually the freshmen, I didn't realize this, or the newcomers will have a newcomers practice on Monday. Oh. So I, I guess technically it starts Monday, but the first full team workout will be Tuesday. Everyone has to report and probably get their weight, you know, their weight and their height and their stuff on Sunday. So um, it's right around the corner here as we sure get here is. on Thursday. Boy, that's for sure. And we'll look forward to tuning in as, as a Gopher affiliates for the upcoming uh, football season. Excited about that. Uh, Grimmer, thanks so much. Appreciate it as always. You got it. Always enjoy it, Todd. Thank you. Voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm, here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.